Welcome to another episode of CU Lead, sponsored by NetGiver, the app and platform that enables donors and nonprofits to give and receive on a no-fee basis. On this podcast, we feature credit union industry executives and the impacts they make on communities everywhere. I am Glenn Frechette, joined by Devin Lyon. Devin is the president and CEO of Central One Federal Credit Union in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And you happen to be a friend of the firm, which is a good thing. Absolutely. You guys are doing amazing things. Ah, well, thank you. It's always easy to have a discussion with. I mean, can I call you a fan, a fan of NetGiver? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you all found an interesting problem to solve, right? And it's it's always good to to work and partner with companies where at the core it's you you heard about what the issue is and you have found a, a way to to take a headache away from folks who desperately need 100% of the donations right what we're able to do through across all of our organizations 100% of what is needed is getting to the folks that need it the most. Well, we appreciate your recognition of that. Couldn't have done a better commercial, so thank you. And here's what I would love to hear from you, Devin. Uh, you and I have gotten to know one another throughout 2023 at a lot of different events, but for our listening audience, coast to coast, they may not know you as well. I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey through Credit Union Nation and really how long it's been since you've been influencing credit unions. So I, I started at State Department Federal Credit Union. I was brought in to do BSA and compliance, a very unique kind of trajectory to get to, to CEO. But my mother was a comptroller of a small credit union upstate New York. So I jokingly say, I got my start in credit unions by being the only one that could fit into an owl mascot. So, you know, as early as 11, I was, was part of people helping people. In this case, it was their boo at the zoo where they, they paid for, for zoo registration for underprivileged children in that community to come, come to the zoo and do trick-or-treating. So I, I got started at, at State Department. A wonderful woman, Joan Pendleton, took a chance on a, a kid right out of law school. No, no financial industry experience. Wow. And, you know, Joan, if you're listening, thank you very much. But it's, it was interesting. So I had been in compliance and BSA for about a year and I saw the full power of a SEG and a credit union come together to, to solve an issue. At the time, one of the major banks was de-risking their BSA portfolio, which is a really politically correct way of saying they were kicking institutions out that they felt were too risky. And in this instance, they were kicking countries out and the embassies of those countries, they were not going to provide banking relationships on U.S. soil. Hmm. So the State Department got involved and said, look, you know, this is going to cause an issue because the countries that can no longer have their citizens receive banking services in the U.S., they'll kick our foreign service officers out of banking relationships overseas. So we had a, a board meeting and there were very high ranking departments from the, the State Department there. And they said, we need you how to figure out how to bank the embassy of Sudan. Wow. And if you know anything about BSA, there's four countries that are the reddest of the red flags and Sudan is one of them. So right from the top, I could see that it was a need of the, of the sponsor and it was a, a perfect blend of a humanitarian issue 
a, a need to help your member issue. And at the end of the day, banks were doing the wrong thing. A credit union's going to step in and do the right thing. And so myself and a bunch of others worked really hard for 18 months with the NCUA to, to get a, a provisional expansion and an OFAC license to be able to serve those. And it was just a very interesting lesson to learn of compliance can be used as a way to get to yes, to help people where normally you'll hear jokes at any conference, like compliance is where good ideas go to die because it's the department of no. Right. And I really <laughs> use that to say, if I'm going to be in this role or any role in the organization going forward, I need to be the department of opportunity management. Like here's, here's the challenge. Here's the risk. Here's the thing. Here's the rewards we want to do. Here's what we want to do. Ultimately, how can we marry those and, and protect the organization and expand the services and mission of the credit union to, to as many as we can? I love it. So you're right. It is an unusual path and trajectory taken to ultimately become a CEO. But for you specifically, that has been how long at Central One? I've been at Central One now for 13 months. Okay. So yeah. I, I thought it was last fall. I didn't yeah. know exactly. So given that to be the case, mm -hmm. you also started off our discussion with something regarding community impact. What have you noticed that you've been able to kickstart and really become uh, a known leader in the community focusing on philanthropic efforts? What has transpired for you? So we have gratefully expanded our philanthropic budget. We have worked with our employees to get their feedback on the causes and volunteer opportunities they would like us to partake in. We have stood up a complete strategic plan around people and culture is wrapped in that. And as part of that is, is our philanthropic mission of, of people mm -hmm. helping people. And we're focused on a number of different main ideals and then directing dollars and time and organizational resources towards that. And 2022 into 23 has been a tremendous success and we're going into budget season now. And it's about how can we expand this? How can we offer our staff more employee benefits so they can take time to go out and, and help in the communities they live and work in as well. Amazing. I, I have so many more questions to dig deep on specific to the, a couple of topics you just transcended. Let's, let's talk about one of them, which is having a say as an employee working for Central One in where philanthropic dollars are directed. Mechanically, how does that work? How do the employees go about this? So what we do is when we either we'll say, okay, we're doing a, we have a mascot Oki and we did a, a European Oki tour and we broke people up on a volunteer basis to join like a walking team. Okay. And then they could select what charity, the kind of match that central one was doing would go to for the winning teams. Mm. So we do that. We work with our staff to survey, you know, where do they feel that central one should be supporting. We also work with full transparency to provide our staff. Here's a breakdown of what the philanthropic dollars have gone to, mm. you know, from the budget. So they can see all the way down. I, I feel like one thing that 
and we're not perfect at this, you can always do better as a, as a leader in an organization is transparency on where you're making an impact. Mm -hmm. Credit unions have long been people helping people. I want to flip that a little bit and I want central one and I challenge other institutions to, to take this mindset. I don't want to be a non-for-profit. I want to be a for impact institution. I like that. You, you might have to get some bumper stickers distributed or, or if you're going to run on that platform in 2024, yeah. you at least need to get the message out digitally. Yeah. Bumper stickers might be, uh, yeah. might be a stretch. Okay. So I'm going to take a leap here. Mm -hmm. Given the fact that there appears to be significant employee empowerment mm -hmm. to uh, impact communities, yep. would you say culturally that helps with your attraction of key talent within your communities? And also ultimately the retention of those employees. Are you finding that you're getting individuals gravitating to work for you because of this very subject? Uh, I believe so. I think the credit union industry in general, that's always been a, a huge, a huge tie, right? But I think specifically where we're seeing it is it's almost an expectation of the next generation of the workforce that's coming in and they're, they're asking, what are the volunteer opportunities? What are some of the organizations you're working with? And it's great to be able to show them these are the platforms we support, especially when we're getting younger folks at really quality, younger employees, that bond of seeing, okay, they get it. They want to be an organization that stands for something. That's a main driver of attraction. Amazing. Absolutely. So if I'm hearing you correctly, candidates in an interview process may be asking leadership those questions. Can you just imagine your parents coaching you when you were going for your first job in an interview? Make sure you ask them about social responsibility and what they're doing there. <laughs> never in a million years. You never would have seen it, but on the flip side, it's great to see that that's one of the dynamics emerging. Concur wholeheartedly. And we, as mature, seasoned professionals, have to change our own ways, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be adapting to attracting talent where they are and where they are at the moment is, is in a good place. That's a really, that's an admirable trait that they possess collectively mm -hmm. as a group. Okay. Let me change gears for just a second. And then we'll come back to nonprofits and philanthropy. Social responsibility is a topic in vogue, if you will, and perhaps has been even more so in the last three years than perhaps the preceding 20. That topic is so broad, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What does social responsibility mean to you? Social responsibility means to me is if you interact either directly or indirectly with Central One, the community or yourself or your own life is going to be better than if we weren't there. I firmly believe that if we're going to put up a branch somewhere, if we're going to expand into a community, we need to know that community, we need to respect that community, and we need to support that community. And support can mean a number of different things. It can mean something as simple as they need a different lender for auto loans or home loans. That'll be a segment. Mm -hmm. It can be small businesses that 
Bank of America doesn't see them as a worthwhile credit risk. We can be the lender for them to, to open their opportunity. And it's that, that social responsibility, that trickle down effect to where now that small business can, can hire somebody else. So you're, you're helping with job creation. You're, you're helping stamp out hunger or food insecurity or providing event space where there might not have been some it's it can mean multiple different things but at the end of the day are we leaving it better than when we found it when we weren't there either directly through our actions or indirectly as one of our partnerships what what i like about how you've just described having responsibility and accountability to the communities almost on a customized basis, meaning no two communities are identical. Nope. So now over the last couple of answers you've just given, you've addressed social responsibility with the people that work for Central One. You've talked about the population you serve with your membership and also the organizations within those backyards that need to be supported. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that credit unions do really well, some better than others. And you've articulated it in a way that it's really important to you. So a common theme that I've heard over the last couple of days, and I've interviewed 16 CEOs, is this banding together concept for the benefit of community-based organizations. Now, I'm, I would suspect you would say credit unions have always done that. Credit unions have always been really cooperative. Are you seeing more of that? Is Central One sidling up next to other credit unions for the benefit of nonprofits? Yeah, you're seeing credit unions get more involved around food insecurity. You're seeing credit unions finally start to really put an emphasis on financial literacy. It's always been there, mm -hmm. but now it's more of a targeted, okay, how are we truly going to link together and solve a problem that's not being solved by common education anymore. And all of the activities, all of the, the work that the leagues are doing to, to, to continue to link up credit unions, you're seeing it, it pay off because now it's, it's a visibility in solving the question. Well, what is a credit union and what is the mission by seeing so many of us in so many different places working together, it's amplifying the good. And it's kind of removing, you know, the stigma of the best kept secret in banking is credit unions, you know, yeah. the, the power of multiple voices is a real thing. What, what I like that seems to be in common with the answer you just gave and others have given, and this dates back to even GAC interviews I was doing, Devin food insecurity. Yep. So credit unions are talking about this real issue because I don't know that there is a community immune to this problem. No. And the thing about that is a couple of the communities we operate in are what you would consider affluent communities, mm. but literally down the street from one of our branches in what you would consider an affluent community is the food bank. Right. And that dichotomy exists in every single city, in every single town in America. And, you know, I credit Massachusetts for, for stepping up with their school lunch programs from, from a legislature standpoint, 
the work we've been doing with a number of our partners, which have been terrific in this space. You have really great non-for-profits in Massachusetts that are working to help end this scourge of, of food insecurity. And it's very disheartening to think that the problem is as widespread as it truly is. Yeah, this food insecurity problem is real for so many Americans. So we're, we're all talking about it. So I'll, I'll end on a question or with a question that perhaps gets to something personal for you. You know, not to say that you haven't been speaking from the heart, of course, but you've been wearing your credit union hat throughout the course of this interview or this discussion. But I like to give my guests an opportunity to plug an organization that may be near and dear and personal for your family. Is there one that you'd like to talk about? I, I'm going to take two. Two, two works. You would never know that I grew up as a, a very, very sick child. A lot of medical problems. So I know, and I remember vividly what it's like to be a kid in a hospital and just, there's not a lot of light there. So Children's Miracle Network, they do amazing work. The second organization we work extremely close with, Community Harvest, and they, they do incredible work. It's a working farm. We provide them with financial assistance. We provide them with volunteer opportunities where we send staff to plant and harvest vegetables, and, and they work with a number of different food pantries. Cannot say enough about the great work that those two organizations do. Really enjoyed our time together. I knew it would be easy. Yeah. I uh, appreciate your support of everything that we're doing. Always a pleasure. Thank friend. you, sir. Thank you for joining us on this episode of CU Lead, brought to you by NetGiver, the no-fee donation platform for donors and nonprofits. We hope you stay engaged, stay inspired, and continue leading with purpose. Until next time.